Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube, Before Floor, an hour before every game. Post up 5R as soon as the game ends and plenty of other content during the day and during the week. Make sure you like, make sure especially that you subscribe. FiveReasonsSports.com, spell it out for the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and many others around the network. We don't just cover the heat there and we do not have a paywall. Also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You could do one of, you can check out one of them tomorrow or if you're listening to this on Wednesday, today in person. We're gonna have a few people out at City Cigar Lounge that's down the street from FTX Arena. This is our first ever Preheat happy hour. We're going to be there starting at about four o'clock. We know that Miami traffic sucks. Take the afternoon off. Come join us there early. And then, I don't know, park and Uber over to the game. That's a good way to go. Uh, we're going to be there from four to seven. And I'll, I'll head over to the game after. But everybody else is welcome to hang out if you don't have tickets. And if you do have tickets, well, then join me in the arena. So check out City Cigar Lounge. It's a really nice, clean, comfortable place. Even if you're not a cigar smoker, come out. They got more than 350 different types of liquor in addition to the 50 types of cigars. Uh, And they have a full food menu also, so you don't have to pay for, uh, I don't want them to get mad at me, but it's a little overpriced in the arena. So go to City Cigar Lounge. Again, that's citycigarlounge.com if you want to check it out. And it's right down the street from the arena. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yeah, uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Make sure you check out recent episodes. I just posted an episode of Floors Yours, which got everybody all heated, so to speak, uh, where we talked about whether or not you would keep the team as is. Adam Barai appeared there in total darkness and stirred things up a little bit, although everybody is blaming me. So go to again, go to our podcast feed, check it out. Also, the episode that Alex and I did after the Heat beat the Lakers on Sunday is up there as well. Today, we're going to talk about one player. That's it, okay? One player, Victor Oladipo. It's time to start discussing this. We're at the end of January. Today at practice, uh, he went through a pretty full workout with everybody watching, they, the Heat have not had a lot of home practices this year. You can count them on basically one hand. And so the media has not gotten a look at a lot of stuff that typically you would get a look at. Not that the media gets to see all of practice anyway, but at least you get to see sort of the last five to 10 minutes typically. And then, you know, guys working out while Eric Spolstra and, and other players start to talk. That has not been something that's happened a whole bunch this year. Again, because of COVID didn't happen last year, didn't happen in the bubble. Today it happened. And when it happened, 
Uh, Vic was going through enough that it got people excited. Barry Jackson reported that of the Miami Herald that they're still on, t- on track for February. That is the timetable we've talked about. We talked about how it could be sped up a little bit, uh, but it looks like it's going to land sometime in February for when he's in heat shape. And so what we're going to do for the purposes of this episode, we're going to break it into two parts. Part one is, okay, what does this mean for him and for the team? What can he provide that maybe they're missing? And we'll talk about this in a strategic sense. And then the second part of the episode, we're going to talk about, okay, what does it mean for the future of the Heat if Oladipo performs at a high level? And also, what does it mean in terms of the chemistry of this team? So let's start right here. Uh, I'm going to go to Brady first today. I'll mention more about this later, but Eric Rubenstein uh, sponsors the appearances by Brady Hawk. So thank him. Uh, And again, check out 954-829-ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC for Eric if you need any kind of a you have any kind of a personal injury situation, uh, whether it's a slip and fall, a car accident, or anything else along those lines. Brady, from a tactical standpoint, what is the single biggest thing that, say, an 80% to 85% Victor Oladipo could provide that this team is missing? I think when we're talking about what they're missing, uh, we know what this team has. You know, they have two shooters in Duncan and Struess. Uh, they have multiple big men. They have a couple of 3 and D guards who can kind of do different things. Uh, but the one thing that I think they only have a singular guy in, and it's Tyler Hero, a guy who can come off a curl and kind of make a play. And I think, you know, we've seen different guys they've had over the years be able to do it, and they've picked up so many other parts. Uh, but we were just talking about before this, and I'm sure Alex will go over in a little bit, the rim pressure numbers uh, are pretty low this season. And I think a big thing is when you have Victor Oladipo back, you can put him in so many different spots. That's the biggest thing to note. The other thing, uh, I mentioned Tyler Hero being the only other guy. I think when you're looking on paper, there's no better build to put next to Tyler Hero off the bench. Like we're talking about a, a defensive guy. We're talking about a guy that his uh, three-point attempts always go up uh, after he comes back from an injury. Tyler Hero's usage on the ball is rising. Obviously, we know Tyler can play off the ball. Like I feel like that combo can actually be used really well together. Obviously, we know they stagger. But that's one thing to mention. And speaking of staggering, Last season, I think this is a, a point that needs to be made. Last season, the big thing was they had to kind of survive the non-Jimmy and Bam minutes. And even when they didn't, Jimmy or Bam, both one had to be on the floor, and it was just a big mess. This is a team that has a ton of creators when Victor Aldebo come back, comes back. They have Kyle Lowry, they have Tyler, they have Jimmy, they have Bam. They are now going to have Aldebo. Uh, and even PJ can be a creator at times, which is not something I expected to say before the season. But they have all these different creators, and I think just adding that element just – leaves Eric Spolster with ultimate flexibility. When we talk about who they can plug in as those fifth guys, those fourth guys, the Kayla Martins, the Struces, the Vincents, you can do whatever you want. Like you can be as creative as you want when you have that many creators and you can just play by match if you can play by what you need. Uh, so I think those are kind of the biggest things. But ultimately, when we talk about the baseline for, for Victor Oladipo's minutes, uh, I think it's going to come down to the defensive end. Like I don't think there's any other way around it. Like we know how he's going to shoot, the different things he's going to do. But if he's – uh defending at a high level his minutes are going to be very different his closing lineup minutes are going to be very different the way he's used is going to be very different that I just feel like that's the big thing we talk about how healthy he's going to be uh but if he can clamp down and he can as we were talking about before the show in a very rotation reliant defense that it's a bunch of backline things they blitz a bunch at the top of the key if you're not the blitzer you're on the back line constantly rotating if you're not having that quick speed unable to make those plays that he once was. I feel like that's the biggest thing to mention when you talk about him returning. All right. Again, 80 to 85%, Alex, you were the guy who really wanted him last year from what I remember. Hey man, uh, PJ. 
You were right. Well, I know that, but a big, <laughs> but we're not supposed to mention other players today. This is a Victor Oladipo episode. So you wanted him. We saw it for only four games. That's it. Four glorious uh, games. We saw one dunk, right? We saw some rim pressure. We saw some erratic shooting. Their offensive rating was pretty awful with him in the four games. Again, it was a tiny sample size. And as we found out, he was not really totally healthy. It was not attached properly. There was a lot that went on behind the scenes that came to that. And then he went out. Uh, I'm going to assume he's going to be better off this year than last year, Alex, because they gave him more time and the surgery apparently has been quote unquote successful. So you tell me from what you saw last year, that four game sample size, what it is that you think we can see more of this time uh, than last year. And, and particularly what we didn't see maybe because he wasn't totally healthy that you think he can add this time. Well, I think last season, as we found out later on towards the end, when they got swept by the team that they beat in five, the season before, uh, obviously the Bucks added Drew Holiday, all the context and all that. But I'm just saying that team last year's Heat team was missing a lot. And at the time, I loved the Victor Oladipo trade idea. I wanted them to go out and do it. I was hopeful that he would be, you know, a, a nice contributor for them in, in helping turn around their season a little bit. But the thing is, is like they were missing just too much, I think, on both ends of the floor. This team has kind of plugged in those holes as we talked about all season. And I think now, as Brady was talking about, he's kind of free to roam in a, in a system and something that's kind of covering him on both ends. Not that he needs to be covered for on defense or anything like that, but the pressure is not on him to come in and be – not a savior, but something like that. The way he came in last year is like you're expecting a lot out of Victor Oladipo, who we didn't know at the time was playing with, uh, what is it, a torn quad? Is that what it was? He was playing with it at the time and despite it, was getting to the rim at a pretty high rate. And uh, we were looking at his shot dashboard uh, coming into uh, this podcast. And like he was getting to the rim a lot last season as a member of the Rockets before even coming here. And then in those four games, you saw him kind of here and there making plays. And I like what Brady said, like, coming off of curls and being able to make something happen, right? And even though him and Tyler don't play the same way, there is something similar about them because both guys li like to operate in pick and rolls, like to get to their spots and get to – and I think, like, this is a team that's going to make it easier on him. When you talk about the screening they've got between Bam, Deadman, PJ, they're, they're not all the same pick and roll finishers, but they all provide value in that way as screening and finishers that they just didn't have last year. I think Vic is not going to be running a lot of high pick and rolls, but if he is, that's because Spo trusts him too. And that's obviously a great sign because I don't think Spo would be giving him that, that opportunity if he didn't think he could go and make plays out of that because that's not something they do very much. So I think he can come in, they'll run some handoffs and curls from him and he'll make stuff happen out of there. Kind of as long as he's getting into the paint and making stuff happen, I think it'll be easier from there. I Like the catch and shoot stuff, we were looking at it in the shot dashboard. Uh, last season, he shot. 37.5 uh, from three. When, when you talk, talk about catch and shoot, the year before it was 27.5. The year before it was 40. He's been an up and down three-point shooter in his career, but as far as the catch and shoot part, I don't really have too much concerns about that. And so I just think he's a really nice luxury to add to this team at this point. As long as he's touching pain and making stuff happen and really giving it all on both ends, like I think he's going to be a pretty good contributor. So that's the key word here, Greg, as we go to you before we go to the break is last year we felt that Victor Oladipo was a necessity, right? Because they lacked so much. I mean, when you watch Trevor Ariza play for the Lakers on Sunday, I think it put into context how overmatched that team was last year, right? 
but the word that Alex used now is luxury, right? That's a word we usually use in the context of how much money is Arison going to spend, right? That, but that's kind of the theme of the season too, right? That's for after the break, Ethan. That's for after the break. <laughs> but, but, okay, in terms of the word luxury with Victor Oladipo, um, do you view him, has it moved to that? For you, he's not necessity. This team has won this year without him. Like, but is he is he merely a luxury at this stage? In other words, if he comes back and he doesn't supplant kind of the combination, because the things Alex and Brady are describing here are things that they've gotten to some degree, right? From Gabe Vincent uh, and Caleb Martin in particular, right? Those two guys, okay? But and and so you may be able to replace those two guys with him in some to some degree right i mean that that may those may be the two that lose the minutes if you're going to say that Struess is kind of the the uh the sh the shooter protection for duncan right and you know that tyler and pj and and uh and jimmy and lowry and bam are going to get their minutes is he is he a mere luxury at this stage i mean i think the short answer is yes because i mean it, they're at the top of the conference without him but um i i think there is things that he can add and there are elements of his game that I think in a, in high leverage situations against the best teams, that there's things he can do that this team, I think maybe, you know, you see Caleb get to the rim and stuff like that. And, and you think that maybe they've solved some of that with some of the other guys that they've brought in, but uh, they're still 25th in the league in uh, shots, you know, within four feet of the rim. So, I mean, they, they definitely, have some some room to grow there and this is the other part about about depot that i think is really interesting in houston he had his highest usage rate of his career and he's not going to come in with that and i think that there is a part of oladipo this is going to sound funny but like he gets to be a role player he doesn't mm -hmm. have to come in and be expected to get 19 a game he gets to really fill a role and I think at this stage of his career, if he can fill a role for this team and they win, that does a lot for his stock. So I just think that it's an interesting thing where he doesn't need to do more than maybe he's capable of initially. But I mean, the short answer to all of what you're asking is that they don't obviously need him, but I think this is how we should conceptualize it. It's this is their deadline addition. This is what they're going to, they're essentially like, if you want to just put it in transaction, they're trading a future second that they'll never convey because it's a fake trade for Victor Oladipo to show up after the trade deadline. So, I mean, to, 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 from my perspective, it absolutely is gravy, but it's gravy that can make the dish that much better. It, it does raise the question, like if they could make a trade deadline maneuver this year, if they would acquire a player, like Victor Oladipo, or if they would acquire a player at a different position, because we've been talking about him as the trade deadline acquisition, and it does seem like it's going to be right around that time, either just before or just after, right? So it's it's interesting to kind of consider that. Is this the kind of guy they would go after? Is this the big this rim pressure issue that they have, where they're in the bottom ten in rim pressure? Is that what they would most try to address? Or would they most try to address getting another big for the rotation, particularly with what's happened with Marquise Morris? It's an interesting question, but it also, again, puts into perspective how little they really need this year as opposed to past years, which is kind of why our whole trade deadline, our whole trade episode on Floor Jours was fun, but ridiculous. Um, but there's one other point I want to make before we go 
to the break, and then we're going to come back and, and put this into a larger context of Vic's future. But it's this. LeBron James, after the game the other day, and we've talked about this on the pod, about how highly he spoke of the Heat organization and, and Spolstra is talking privately about that. And all, we're not doing a LeBron episode here, okay? But obviously there was a lot. LeBron wanted to make it clear with his IG post and everything about Miami and, and all the rest. If you noticed after the game, if you watched him, which I did, okay, he, he, sometimes he'll dip into the tunnel. He went over to the Heat people. Again, maybe this is a little performative because it's LeBron, but obviously the hug for Spo, the hug for P.J. Tucker, the hug for Bam, okay, which they've developed a relationship over time, the big hug for Jimmy, and UD, obviously, but also Vic. There was a long conversation between LeBron and Vic, okay? And this is why I'm bringing – this may play into Vic's future. Who knows, all right? But the reason I'm bringing that up is – Victor Oladipo's best moments as a pro were that playoff series against LeBron. He nearly single-handedly beat. If you look at that Indiana team, he almost beat the Cavs with LeBron by himself. Okay, he carried them in multiple games. And that is the one thing here as I look at this, because I say, well, they can live without Vic, okay? They can live even without an 85% Vic because you have these two ways, okay, former two ways and current two ways who've been incredible, okay? No question, Martin. Uh, you know, obviously Struess, but but also Vincent. But they haven't done it at that level against that guy carrying a team. And so that is the one reason that I, I think that maybe they would go for a player like this. Maybe they would. Somebody else who's been seasoned in that. I know that he kind of quit against the Heat the next year and all the rest or two years later, but he did do that then against the best player in the world that was heavily favored and he almost upset them by himself. A couple of those games they lost were really close at the end and he was getting the ball in all of those situations. So it's just something to consider the fact that LeBron would spend five minutes talking to him after the game shows you the respect that was developed during that series. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Vic's future in that context. And also is anybody concerned about the rotation issues that may develop, or is this kind of just one of these things we're sort of just making up because we don't really have anything to complain about right now. But before we do something you can complain about, okay, is mold. All right. Fire damage, water damage, all of that stuff. And when that happens, you got to find a reputable, fully licensed, insured and certified contractor. That's our friends over at water cleanup of Florida. They're based in Boca right off, right close to Yamato road. Um, but they service the entire area. They're there for you 24 hours a day. They'll give you specialized, fast, and reliable service. They can help mitigate the stress and impact that an unexpected disaster may cause. And they got more than 60 years of combined experience in that office. So reach out to Michael, Robert, and the rest of the team. They are big Miami Heat fans as well. They'll make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. They're the official sponsors of Greg Sylvander's appearances here. I always say this, okay? I'm going to say it in a second after I give you the phone number. Personal cell for Michael is 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or go to watercleanupflorida.com. If you've got the schmutz. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They got the guts. 
All right. And now we're back on five on the floor. So check them out at Water Cleanup of Florida. Let's go to the future. I'm going to start with Greg on this one because, uh, you know, he and I are the narrative transaction guys. Um, although Alex dabbles in that as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Guilty pleasures. <laughs> but Absolutely. what is at stake for Vic now? Because when I interviewed him and took the infamous photo of him at media day, um, and I just asked him about being at the bottom. I mean, there, this has been an ego shot. There's no question. I mean, Victor Oladipo thought he was getting max, con max contract, his previous agents, he's gone through so many representatives. Okay. But like they turned down max type deals from Houston. He signed for the minimum with Miami. I, none of us really thought he was going to do that. Uh, even though we all said that he probably wouldn't get a big offer somewhere else because it is, Again, it's 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 a sign of modesty that a lot of people around the league honestly didn't think Vic had. And and he he took this deal, this prove it deal. But also he has been from the first scrimmage that Brady and I went to to this thing with, you know, him dancing to am I going to pronounce this correctly? Peppas, OK, or whatever during the game, which has become the new side of the nation army. And I like the right. song, but it's going to drive me effing crazy. OK, about a month from now. Um, That's how we know it's it's good. If it drives me crazy, if they play it too much. Well, you know what's going to happen, Alex? They're going to play it while they're winning, and then they're going to have a bad team like five years down the road and still play it like they did with Seven Nation Army and completely destroy the song. Because every time you hate, they play you hate seeing Hassan and JJ and Dion jumping doing around. Seven, Seven Nation, Nation Army, Army, okay? That is, and, and, and look, and every time that they played that damn song, the other team went on an 11-0 run, okay? And it didn't seem to matter. But you see, the difference now is, I don't know if you've noticed this, that he'd only play Peppas when it's like, obvious when they're winning win. it's very next very time they blow a 13 point lead alex okay playing that song they got it they got it they got a shelf they did right they got to shelve the song but he has been into it okay he has been he has been like prime cheerleader from minute one for this team he is fully engaged on this team i don't think it's all an act right so what is his is his future here greg it's a, i mean that's a really great question because i mean he's making 2.3 million um cap hold of 1.7 so he's literally as uh he accounts for as little as he can be on the heat's books next year and he really bet on himself by coming back by not accepting another offer elsewhere where maybe he would get higher usage etc more minutes um he's betting on himself because the heat have this unique advantage of bird rights where they could exceed the salary cap to retain him luxury tax you know concerns would be there but they could obviously they control the situation. If they want to keep Victor Oladipo, they can. Why he's betting on himself is that like he has to play really, really, really well for them to actually take him up on those bird rights and exceed the salary cap in a really aggressive way to retain him. So to me, this is about him playing himself into the conversation for one of the uh, exceptions that Miami's going to be using. And maybe they won't slot him into the exception because they can use his bird rights and they can spend the exception elsewhere. But I'm talking about how much money they're going to spend. You're talking about a biannual exception of $3.9 A non-taxpayer mid-level of $10 million is about what they're estimating right now. Uh, we'll see where the cap comes in uh, when that time comes. Like if he can get himself into the type of position where he could get $4 million, I think that that's a really uh, like, that's about as good as we can expect. I just don't know that he's going to do anything from whenever he starts playing to the end of the season, unless they make a run all the way to the championship. And he's a huge part of a lot of the back end of that run. 
where it's going to be so fresh in people's minds that people are throwing out full mid levels at Victor Oladipo. So I think that like that I'll, 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 I've waxed poetic on this enough. So I'm a pass to the, to, to you guys here, but I guess I just would say this is that, um, and Adam brought this up on floors yours. When you have, uh, Gabe Vincent, Omer Yurtsevin, and, and these guys, Max Struess already locked up at minimum deals next year, you have to weigh who's going to outplay their contracts versus who isn't and where you should spend and where you shouldn't. So I don't know that his future is actually in Miami. The sign and trade stuff is not really viable because it would hard cap the heat in a season when they can't be hard capped. It's just not the right move. So I personally don't think that it's likely that he sticks around, but I could be totally wrong. Do you guys disagree? Well, I, and I'll go to Alex on this. The thing about it is uh, the bird rights are a great tool for the heat to use. And again, perspective tool for Vic, but it still counts in the tax. Like it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't count against the cap, but it counts against the tax. And we know that Mickey's going to pay tax next year because they're heading towards that with some of these contracts and the hero extension is coming around the corner and you're still paying Duncan unless you trade him. And so even with your guys outperforming, whether it's Caleb max, uh, you know, or, or Omer or any of the others, it, it, the bill is coming due for this team. This is one of the reasons they don't want to pay the bill this year, right? Cause they don't want to put themselves in that position, but Alex, wouldn't it, if, Okay, let's say that the let's say that the Heat make a deep run and Vic is a factor. He's not the lead factor, but he's a factor. He's given them 13 to 15 minutes a game of really quality play, and there are a couple of games that he pops, okay? That that and Spose stays with him. Isn't it more likely that some bad team out there is gonna talk itself into the idea that Vic is healed enough now? Let's say, I, mean, I don't know, I always say Sacramento, but they actually, you know, they actually have some personnel there, but maybe it's in New Orleans, okay? Or maybe it's something like that. I mean, they've dealt with one guy that can't stay healthy, but like one of Blind those- Blind t- organization. Well, one of those Sixers. type- uh-huh. Right, the Sixers. One of those type team, well, the Sixers, yeah, but well, more a- no, They're waiting know, on Harden again. Well, they're waiting on Harden and, and Jordan, prime Jordan and prime Pippen. Um, but Alex, what if they, isn't it more likely if he pops in that way- that it's like, okay, the Heat are like, thank you. And he's like, thank you. You help me get back to a certain point. And some team gives him the full mid-level next year. Perhaps. Uh, so I'm not all the way up on the, the salary cap stuff and what they can or can't do as far as uh, bringing him back versus other guys if they have to make decisions, things like that. To me, it's more of a situation like if he really pops and he's even better than what you're describing, he's like a... 20 minute a game contributor, perhaps more in some games where he's, where he's really feeling it. He closes things like that, but like there's more, even more indicators of that Then Yeah. I think that's kind of where I see it. I don't really see it happening in a small role, like what you're talking about, but if he's, if he has indicators that he can take on a higher load and, and go back to some of what he was doing before, then maybe, but even then it's kind of like, I don't think a team is trying to grab um, a lead guard or anything close to that on the buy, you know, almost like the, the, the bargain, the bargain bin of free agency. Cause the mid-level isn't nothing, but like how much can a team really expect that that's what they're investing in? My whole thing with Depot is like, we, and we talked about this, this factor before is like other teams not wanting heat, uh, certain heat players because they think that the heat have kind of maxed out everything that they can get from them. <laughs> so I think that kind of plays in here too. Cause I think no, like he can why, look really why, well. Alex, let me stop you there. Why would that play in with him? Because it, it, it's different from like, okay. It depends Kale- on how he's looking, I think. 
Yeah, but okay, but like, okay, Caleb Martin comes here and Caleb Martin, as he admitted to us, was not very good last year, right? Like Caleb like was forced to take a two-way. He's never done anything significant in the league until now. Max Struess is a guy that they found, okay? Obviously, Omer is a guy, he's almost in his mid-20s, okay, that no they found. No team wanted Oladipo last year at the trade. Yeah, but, but everybody knows what he is when he's healthy. That's the thing. Like, people saw that. So but I don't I know that... There I was don't such know a that other mark around him. Nobody even bothered to invest in him in the summer. Nobody. No, but they didn't. The but trade deadline. No, but 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 you see, that's why I'm saying we're, we're getting these two things. I think mixed up a little bit. There's one thing to say that the Heat brought out talent in somebody that that, that nobody else saw. Again, the Struces, the Martins, the Omers, etc. But it's another thing to say, well, he just got healthy with the Heat. Like now he's back to what he was. Like I, I don't feel like other teams are going to look at him and say. Like, if he clears medically, right, and he has a good attitude about this situation, I actually think that plays to his favor where another team is like, well, look, the Heat couldn't fully – They got he's rehab now. His do, The doctors here, the trainers did a great job. But we can handle that, okay? And we know what kind of a player he is, and we can give him a bigger role than the Heat did. Alex, wouldn't that be more – and then we'll pivot to Brady here because there's another different question I want to get to for him. But wouldn't that be more it, I would think? Yeah, I think it's really a different case. Like you're saying, than Caleb, Max Struess, the gay Vincent of the world. I just think Oladipo with, you know, the fact that nobody wanted him, I feel like he's going to have that chip on his shoulder. He's obviously wanted to play for the Heat for a long time. So I think there will be some benefit of the doubt there. I'm sure the Heat, like, as they as they do with their guys, you know, are in communication when it comes to this aspect uh, of, of, like, their future. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with how he plays when he comes back. So it's almost like, show me, don't tell me. But even then, I'm sure that there's, there has to be some sort of agreement there that it's like, we're going to do right by you. We didn't invest in you for nothing. We're going to do right by you. If you show us that you're worth it. So it's almost like a, like a secondhand concern for me. It's more about what he does when he's on the court. And just to, before I, I, I give it back to you guys, I was doing a little bit more digging here on, on some of the depot stuff. And, Found some really good indicators, man, because I haven't looked at his stuff in a while. And, like, what have I told you? Obviously, this is a really, really small sample size. He only played four games for the Heat. But in those four games, he had the highest free throw rate of his career. Mm. Obviously, that's not something that would have stuck over a, a season's worth of time. But I think that's really interesting complaining. I mean, Jesus, uh, basically, like, playing on a torn quad. And then you look at the you look at the steals percentage. The block percentages were really high when he was here. I was looking at some of his stats on uh, dunksandthrees.com. Shout out to them. And his estimated plus minus on defense was actually really high last year uh, for the whole season across all three teams. And also, the last thing, uh, going back to the free throws, he averaged four or more free throws for all of last season, which is pretty good for somebody, again, playing on a torn quad and averaged even more free throws while on the heat. It, it, it ballooned up to 4.5. So this is stuff that I should have mentioned earlier on. But I felt like I had to bring up now because it's like those are some damn good indicators, man, for it to be playing like that in the state that he was. Since you're bringing up old stuff, I'm going to sneak a salary cap nugget in here because I know I sound like I'm uh, so concerned with the future cap sheet. And I just want to clarify to everybody, Tyler Hero's salary, and we talk about his extension so much, next year he's only due $5.7 million regardless of what they're going to extend him at. So there is one avenue that they could explore with Oladipo, and that would be um, 
a one or two year balloon payment above what his, maybe his value would be knowing that you're going to make some other moves, knowing that the hero extension hits when it does. So there are some ways that if he looked good enough, they have flexibility to keep him. Yeah. And I think to that point, I do think they will try to do right by him. Okay. And you can tell that there is communication that's gone on. Whereas I don't know that he had it with Indiana in particular, and also with Houston, but I also think that to a certain degree, doing right by him is just getting him healthy and giving him a platform. Uh, to me, I feel like if the Heat do that, they've done their part, okay? Everything beyond that, if they want to pay him because it looks like that he can contribute in a more significant way in the future, more power to them. But I don't think that they are compelled to do that. I think they've done right by him already by not rushing him, by making sure he's in the right shape, okay, by communicating with him. And now they're going to give him a platform. To me, that's significant enough. And it's kind of what he needed right now. And it's another reason why I do think he's going to be attractive to other teams if they let him go and he plays well because there's going to be a feeling, well, the Heat put him back in this position and now it's worth taking a chance on him. Going to go to Brady here in a second. Before we do, we always tell you about our product code. It's 5RSN. 5 is a number. RSN. That's where you go to save money, basically, on really good products. Okay, so there's three of them that I want to promote here. Therapistpreferred.com for your premium CBD. 25% off the tincture, the, the gummies, the sports cream. Therapistpreferred.com. People message me. There are others with similar names, and so they end up going to the wrong place. No. Therapistpreferred.com, 5RSN. For all of your grooming products, manscaped.com. That's not just the razors, but also the cologne, everything else that they offer. Manscaped.com. Go to the website, 20% off. And then if you're an endurance athlete, whether you're a runner or anything else along those lines, you play tennis maybe, uh, you need this. It's called getsalise.com. Getsalise. The product is Salise, S-A-L-I-S, but it's getsalise.com. 10% off. This is the way to replenish your electrolytes naturally without just pumping yourself with a bunch of Powerade and Gatorade. Get it naturally. Okay. So again, manscaped.com, therapistpreferred.com, getsalise.com, 5RSN. All right. We're going to close here with Brady. So here's the question. Because for Vic to get a platform, somebody else's platform has to shrink. This is a zero-sum game. There are only so many minutes. There are 240 minutes to split between your team in a given game, right? Who I, who loses the most? I think there's some tears here. So I want to go through this really quick. I don't think it's as crazy or as wild as it, I think we make it out to be. Because when I think about it, I think we can cross out Lowry, Duncan, Butler, Tucker, Autobio. I think that's going to be the starting lineup. We could say if Duncan's shooting numbers go down, but that's pretty much going to be the starting lineup. Uh, I think the next tier is Hero, Aldebo, and Deadman. Uh, I think those are the three guys you're mostly likely going to utilize. Uh, but I will say, I don't think they're just going to hand all the deep of the keys. Like, I think he's going to have to outwork some of these Caleb Martins, Gabe Vincent's like, this is not a team that's just going to just say, Oh, all the back. Uh, here you go. Like, this is a team that's going to say, you're going to have to earn these minutes, which I think he will, because he's just such a talented player that he will get there. Uh, but they're going to force him into that. So now I think Martin, Vincent and Struess are obviously on the next tier. And I think we're looking at a team that we can talk about them going eight or seven, but when you have this much depth, they're not going to go 10. I think there's some nights where they won't go nine, but I think the baseline is going to be nine. Like, I think it's going to come down to, they're going to utilize one of Martin Struess and Vincent. I think it's going to be dependent on matchup. It's going to be dependent on need. I think it's going to be dependent on what guys are rolling late in the season, because obviously we're about the halfway mark. Guys can fall off the map a little bit throughout the rest of the season. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to that. I think 
also think I, I don't want to get too away from de- uh, all the depot, but there is an element that I think it's matchup based where they play Milwaukee, Philly, or Cleveland. I think Deadman plays, but if they play a, a Brooklyn or a Chicago, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't play Deadman and they go totally small and they just stagger PJ and Bam and they play an extra Martin or an extra Struess. Uh, so I just feel like there's so many avenues where I don't think it's as bad as we make it out the bean because they have so many guys. I'm just going to come down to which ones they utilize. I think Depot is pretty much going to be in there, as I said, uh, just because of the points we were making earlier. Alex just said on the main one. Uh, with the free throws. And I think that's what ties us all together. When we're talking about late in the playoff game, we could talk about giving the ball to Jimmy and he can get to the free throw line. This is a team that's 24th in free throw attempts this season. Like they need that element late in games. We could talk about who gets the ball on final possessions, but it's a lot easier to not get in those, in those type of points when you can kind of grind down a game on the offensive end. We've seen them be able to grind it down defensively with Gabe and grind it down defensively with Caleb because they could stop these guys. But on the other end, late in games, it's a little bit tougher that I think that's where this element comes in. I think three of his four games in Miami had at least five free throws, which is just crazy with, with the, the – it's a small sample size, but just wild how he came and jumped right back, at, back into that element. But I think it is that simple. I think those are pretty much the eight guys. Uh, and then those three young guys that we so often talk about, I think it's going to be one of them plugging in. I think the most interesting thing to watch here as we close is whether or not he's given free reign when he does play. Because Victor Oladipo, as I said before, he carried a team. He's used to being a lead guy. He's not going to be the lead guy in any circumstance here, okay? Because even when he comes off the bench, it's Tyler Hero's bench. The starting lineup is Jimmy and Bam and Kyle. So it's going to be interesting to see how much kind of, again, leeway he's given. Because we talked about all the things he did well in the four games. He did a lot of things well. Defense, uh, obviously, the rim pressure, getting to the rim, uh, and all of that. We know he can play make but he didn't shoot the ball well. And he can be a volume shooter who does not shoot well. And I'm just curious because we know Eric Spolster gives everybody free reign. We've seen that with Jimmy Butler at the end of games as well, but they have better shooters on this team. And two of the guys who've been better shooters are Gabe Vincent and surprisingly Caleb Martin. So that will be that to me. That's what I'm watching. If Vic shoots the ball well, he's going to play because he does all these other things. If he's shooting the ball poorly, if he's shooting with high volume from three and he's under 30%, we might see a hook there. I think that's something to watch. Interesting episode. Um, thanks to Alex. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to our sponsors, Water Cleanup of Florida. Check out watercleanupflorida.com. Eric Rubenstein, our personal injury attorney, 954-829-ERIC. Our product code, 5RSN, for therapistpreferred.com, getsthelease.com, and manscaped.com. And yes, tomorrow or today, if you're listening on Wednesday, City Cigar Lounge, our first ever preheat happy hour starting at 4 o'clock. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.